Welcome to another edition of the Two Off the Tee podcast on the IBN Network. We are going to discuss the actually very good and exciting U.S. Open from this past week at Pebble Beach. I'm your host, Keith Fleming, and with me is my main guy, assistant professional Scott Porter. Scott, you ready to do this? Absolutely, buddy. What a week. It was great. Uh, Let's get right into it. Gary Woodland held off Justin Rose and Brooks Kepka to claim his first major. This is his first time, and I did not know this until I read this the other day, in eight tries that he's had a 54-hole lead and actually held on to it on Sunday. What a time to do that. He actually surpassed Tiger Woods' number of 12 under by one on this golf course. Obviously, we know it was not nearly as difficult. There was a ton of guys who finished under par. There was no other of the year Tiger did it, but still, it's an impressive number. He showed a lot of guts all weekend. Uh, Rose birdied the first hole right off the bat on Sunday. Kepka in the group right in front of him was four under through six. The turning point was when Woodland went for it, in my opinion, on the par 5 14th. He had 270 up a hill, hit three wood with out of bounds left, hit the green. It actually rolled off to the fringe. He got it up and down for birdie. Uh, that actually got the lead to two. He would end up making a bomb on 18 to get to a uh, three-stroke lead at the end. And that also was a stroke that surpassed uh, Tiger's record of 12 under at Pebble Beach in a major. Uh, and you got to give him a lot of credit. Woodland has always been somebody with a lot of talent, has a lot of power. And he has realized his short game was you know, basically killing him. He's worked really hard at it. And it showed this week. I mean, it seemed like he was in the top of the guys for least amount of bogeys. He was top for up and down percentage. And he was top in basically total putting. Uh, he made so many long putts he gained, uh, this week. Real quick, he gained 8.023 strokes uh, due to putting. That's unbelievable. <laughs> so, w- what do you think about uh, Woodland's performance this week? Man, it was it was a one that I think a lot of people have always just kind of thrown him in the Ricky Fowler category. Where he's so talented, he's so good. We know he can do it, but he he hadn't proved it. And as you said, 0 for 7 in his first seven tries at a, with a 54 hole lead. He's won three other times on tour, um, but he's just somebody that that you just are so happy to see do well and win. And when you when you have a guy like that, it, it's hard to root against. And I just found myself all week. I was conflicted because I wanted Kepka. I wanted the three time, the three straight U.S. Opens for him for golf uh, to say and be able to tell my kids and my grandkids that I saw Brooks Kepka win three of these in a row. But then I kept getting drawn back to Gary Woodland, and I'm like, man, this guy. If anybody out there deserves it, it's this guy. I think on the course, what I always judge when I'm when I'm looking at a golfer and I'm cheering if I want to root for him or pull for him or follow his career. I want to make sure that they seem to be the same person on the golf course as they are off the golf course or vice versa and make sure that they're just so someone that it's kind of funny when you say it this way, but someone that, that is worthy of me rooting for and cheering for. And, and there's a lot of guys that I feel are out there that aren't real. And Gary Woodland is absolutely not one of them. He's just a top notch guy and what a performance he put on at Pebble beach. I mean, 13 under par, in itself is crazy, but to do it while holding off the field. Some of the greatest players in the world were right there. Rory was right there. Kepka was right there. The Justin number one and number three player in the world. Yeah, Justin were Rose. tied after the first hole, and Kepka was one back after six. Kepka was one back after 12. 
And every time they would get close, he would just pull away. Right. I mean, we were talking about – I talked about the par five. I mean, just the last two holes, he hits it far on 17. He wasn't the first guy to do it, but almost chips it in, chipping it off the green yep. across it. It was Absolutely. an unbelievable shot. Uh, and then, you know, the long bomb on 18. And, uh, I mean, to me, the tournament swung on 11. He had blocked, I think, four straight drives. He had bogeyed two out of the last three holes. He blocked his drive right. He had about 100 yards, thick rough. But I think he did that on purpose because he knew he could wedge it up yep. there. He had a great shot. Well, the, the thing is, if you go back to 10, so, yeah, he blocked, 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 like 7, 8, 9. Goes to 10, and he hits a duck hook left. Because mm-hmm. they were talking about they were like, he can if he can get through fourteen, he literally can avoid driving. Right. They said that in the in you know in the coverage. So he was fighting driver all day long, and you know it's just something where you hit one left and you go, oh my god, that's worse than right. And then so the rest of the day he played to his fade. He made sure he was only going to miss it one way. And then I think the tournament, as you said, turned on fourteen with that second shot. And I think that again, this shows that. If you're not a Tiger Woods, a Brooks Kepka, a Rory McIlroy, somebody with an elite pedigree, you need to be aggressive at majors. Yes. And he was over and over and over again. And I just feel like that, especially when you're trying to get your first one, that's what you have to do. I always go and look back at Phil Mickelson when he won his first Masters. He shot 32 on the back, had five birdies, was going at every pin. And I think too many of these guys, they get in that situation. They see these people like Tiger and, you know, Jordan Spieth, Roy McIlroy just kind of try to not lose and, you know what I mean, do the right thing. And that's great for those guys. They're going to have people fold around them because of who they are. Right. you got to go out and get it. Right. And he did, and it was just really impressive. And, and hats off to him. Seems like a great guy. All the stories coming out. And I do think that this could be somebody that, like, look out. Like, like a late could, bloomer. Exactly. Because his short game was terrible for years. Yep. He's always been one of the best ball strikers on tour. And if he starts making putts and chipping like he did and get up and down when he misses greens, he's going to go low a lot. He makes a ton of birdies consistently. Well, he, and he's not scared of any par five. No. Any, any golf course. There's no golf course no matter how long it is. No. He, I mean, he's right up there with Kepka now. I, um, the thing is, I relate a lot to Woodman. And and I would never I will never get to that level. I would never try to make that comparison. But having started golf later in life, played baseball my entire life, started golf, he kind of did the same thing. Went to college on a basketball uh, scholarship, played golf since junior year of high school. But he kind of thought of it as a backup plan. I kind of I read an article today that was kind of breaking down that story and what all. And you know he said that Kirk Heinrich ended that career. Yeah, playing the number one team in Kansas, his first game of the year. It was exactly. not an official game. It was a it was preseason, right? Yeah. But he he learned really quickly. I'm not going to be able to do this for a living. So he chooses golf, and then he ends up winning a U.S. Open. It's just it's an incredible story, almost Ian Poulter like for the American side. You know, somebody like that that right. that kind of just came about it late and did it. And Kepka was almost the same way. That's why people – I mean, but if you would have asked somebody to tell you the difference between Gary Woodland and Brooks Kepka in 2016 or in 2015 before he won the, that first one, would anybody have been able to do it? It's just – I mean, just age. Just, just age. Just a lot younger. Yeah, just age. But other than that, they're – I had this. So I had this lady I teach. She goes, "Now the guy that won, he's the same as the one that's won all the last ones, right?" I was like, "No, ma'am, he's different." She goes, "They look just like," and I was like, "Yeah, they're pretty much mirror images of each other." But he, what an impressive week Gary Woodland had. You can't say enough, you know, and you can't say enough about Brooks Kepka. Well, that's what I say. Let's get into that. Uh, to me, 
you make the argument, if not for a cold putter, Kepka wins this major. He wins this major, in my opinion, eight out of ten times. Yep. That's how good he is and how well he's playing. He made nothing uh, with the exception of that first round early. And, I mean, he is getting so good in majors. I mean, he finished three shots back. He's the only player in the history of the U.S. Open to have four rounds in the 60s, not go in to win the tournament. Uh, he now has two seconds and a first uh, in his, his first three majors this year. So he, he wins the PGA, and then I've just finished second in the other two majors. Uh, and then he, you know, again, last year he had a third uh, and two wins. So you're getting into the last seven, uh, five top three finishes. It's it's outrageous. Uh, it, it truly figures, uh, or it seems like this guy just is – separating himself at a level that I've only seen at Tiger Woods because he just looks so much better than everybody else. The shots he hits, only he can hit it. And that was kind of the way Tiger was where whether he was hitting a forearm from 200 yards, I read an article going up to that where uh, one of the guys he played in the fraction, I was talking about on one hole, Tiger Woods hit into the wind a forearm from 195 and he hit it high. The guy thought he hit a seven iron and Tiger's not at forearm. And then on the 18th, he had 265 into the green, and he hit four on again, and he's just going, this guy can control his distances like that. Brooks seems to be able to do that. He's overpowering golf courses. His short game's got uh, better. And, I mean, again, we just spent eight minutes bragging on Gary Woodland. Congratulations. But I counted, I believe, six putts of 30 feet or further that Woodland made. Yeah. Uh, just on Friday alone, he finished his round by making a 40-footer for par on eight and then like a 60-footer for birdie on nine. Right. I mean, he uh, made chips in twice. He shoots 65. Everything goes right for Gary Woodland on Friday, which put him in the position. And he needed every – I mean, basically he needed most of those strokes. Yeah. I mean, he makes half of those putts there in a playoff. He doesn't chip in and well, in the round for. I'd argue if he shoots 68 or 69, he doesn't ever get to that. He, I don't. I don't know if he ever gets – out in front like he did. I mean, he could have, but I think it would have taken at least two better on the weekend than he did. Right. I mean, he shot 69 on Sunday, and I just think that Friday round, unlike Brooks Kepka that was in the 60s and consistently was there, Gary Woodland had one great round and three really good rounds. Right. So, you know, there's a difference, a difference there. I mean, I know the thing is about Brooks Kepka. You just can't say enough, and I, it's almost to the point where, yes, we're comparing it to Tiger, but how much longer can it go? Well, again, real quick, let me go over this in case, and I, I've read this at the Masters when uh, you know I was talking about him. I ended up picking Tiger, but I told him I really like Kepka. Since the 2000 U.S. Open, and he had a really good record before he won his first major. He obviously won that, then he finished tied second, tied 11th, first, Tied 39, first, second, first, second. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> that tied 39, you're like, ooh. What happened? But he a, made the a tied 39 exactly. in a major, exactly. and you're like, ooh. And it stands out. And it and stands that, out. That's how insane it is. Uh, oh, my gosh. He, he's on another level. It's kept his world. Really he's great for out. golf. I really believe that he's starting to catch on. I saw a lot of stuff on him on social media of people who don't really follow golf that. They either love him because he's, you know, a big, good-looking dude, That's or either they love him because they think he's just, you know, kind of the, the bad guy because he's now the new name that it's like, uh, God, this guy's always there. And I saw more college-age girls tweeting about the U.S. Open and Brooks Koepka 
in Gary Woodland than I've seen any girl take any interest in, in any type of golf event. Yeah, it's definitely I not mean, your that, uh, grandfather's that, golf that, that I would follow on social media other than the you know the, the girls that play golf. It's just it's to the point where Kepka has well is well beyond a household name. You know, he's already in he's he's already in the Hall of Fame. Oh yeah. No doubt. I mean, and, he, and it he seems like we've only been talking week. about this guy for two years, and that's because we have. We he, two and a half years, four majors with the chance to win. How many more? Eleven. Oh, he's, he, I mean, he's got a chance. I'm, I, no, no, I'm just saying, like in that stretch. Oh, like, sure, yeah. Where he was in the hunt in right. every major going back three years, except for the T39, right. which is still a made cut. Yep. Words can't describe you. We don't have. We're in almost uncharted territory, other than Tiger Woods, but even Tiger Woods and Jack, to be and, fair, and Jack, yeah. But even even Tiger Woods kind of, you know, he he did it for three to four years, and then he had to rebuild a swing, and then he would do it for another three to four years, and then he'd get hurt or he had to rebuild a swing, and it it kind of had its ups and downs. Right now we saw down, 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 down. Okay, okay, and now we've just been in the mountaintops for two and a half years now. So how much longer? Can he play at this level, do you think? I think for a long time. I mean, I've, I've been somebody – I'll actually give his name. Jaden Hall, who's one of my best friends' son, he watched Brooks from the time he got on the European tour, and he told me and talked about him so much that I actually started watching a little bit in the mornings. And all you got to do is watch him play golf, and you realize, man, this guy's like – he's special. He hits the ball. It sounds different. It, it looks different. It goes, you know, different heights, different speeds. Uh you know, I don't. The major part is just it's so difficult to play him, but it sure does look like he feels like I'm going to win this, and it's starting to look like everybody around him is starting to feel like, right. okay, this guy is the guy to beat. So we talked about the new guy, the guy that was the guy, uh, Tiger Woods. Heck, I mean, honestly, for we're being honest, you know, I'm a big Tiger fan. He had a disappointing major with his history at Pebble. He was never really in contention. He shot one under. It was a very sloppy round. I was actually really encouraged after it because he could have shot like four or five over. He really right. grinded. And I was like, all right, this is the kind of Tiger that I used to see in the majors. He added a two under, turning to the front side. One through six was the easiest stretch on Friday. You know, on Friday he had one so through six stretch every day, and he parred all six holes. Ended up bogeying eight and nine, and it basically ended his chances. He, he was out of the tournament. Shot seventy one on Saturday, and I will say he shot a very impressive sixty nine on Sunday. He was four over through six. Yeah. Uh, finished his last twelve holes six under with six birdies to shoot two under. Uh, I, he didn't have his best stuff, but the way this guy grinds is incredible. I, I I've always hated the section of golf fans that say he's a quitter. Because there was that stretch from 2010 to 2014-15 where he did. He, he A lot of times he'd be struggling, he'd back out. But with all that ended up happening with the neck surgeries, the back surgeries, all that, I, I think we can say, A, he really was hurting. Yeah, uh, no doubt. And, B, this dude won a U.S. Open on one leg, uh, which is somehow not the first thing mentioned about him. Right. It should be. Uh He's a tough guy. He, I mean, he made you know the cuts number will never be equaled ever. Forget about it. It's it's never going to happen. Uh, and the only reason he was able to do that was because he would fight even if he was out of tournament just to make a cut, just to try to keep playing. Right. Uh, so that I was encouraged. But the the thing that this I learned the most about this is that I think it's fair to say that weather is going to have a huge role in how Tiger plays and majors, regular tournaments because when it's hot. 
That dude is in contention. I mean, yeah. I started thinking back. Every really hot venue he's played at in the last two years, he's been in the top ten, like in, in contention in most of them. What's scary is I thought it was just when it was cold he would struggle. No, it's... It was, I guess brisk. you could say chilly, brisk, brisk yeah. 55. And he looked stiff. Yep. He looked like he was in pain. Yep. And I just think his body, from all the surgeries and stuff, can't get loose if it's not warm enough. He needs to be sweating in and out of shirts, you know, changing shirts four or five times <laughs> like he was last year in the PGA because his body's loose. And, I mean, he's letting it rip. Uh, but, I mean, do you think that's that's a fair assessment, right? The, no doubt. I mean, And I never thought about it before. I actually saw it on Club Junkies. The guy was like, if the sweater comes on, it might have even been IBN. I don't remember. But one of the two groups. He said, if the sweater comes on, Tiger's it's not. Like not yeah, right. it really is. If, this, if he's having to wear sleeves, he does not play well. Now, I will say this. Tiger Woods has impressed me more with the way that even when he doesn't have his best, he still can ignite a crowd. He still can set the golf world ablaze. He still can do it even at 80%. He wasn't at 80% this week. He looked bad. His he, neck looked bad. It just, it, it it didn't look comfortable. He didn't have the same swing speed. He didn't have the same flow. He didn't have the same tempo. It was a Tiger Woods that, if you go back to a year ago, before he really hit his stride at the British and then at the PGA and then going into the Tour Championship that he won, going into the Masters that he won, he seems to regret, have regressed just a bit in ball striking, just in overall sharpness. And I don't know if that's – I don't know if we're still – I mean, the, the, the guy's old and he had to go on the media tour and he had to do everything. And I just think the Masters win is still – has a little bit of a hangover. I expect a better Tiger Woods at, at the British Open. If, I if, it's, up, if, if it's, it's not cold, if it's not which cold. I'm worried it's going to be. It may be. Because, uh, I mean, we're watching actually right now on the Golf Channel the 2018 and – I forgot it was it was pretty warm yeah, and dry. And he played well. He's in a short sleeve shirt. Right. Uh, most of the fans are in shorts. I think it's been wetter. I think the part of the country that they're in in Northern Ireland is going to be colder. So you know that's not great. But this is the venue that I think he has the best chance to win majors for the longest time, even longer yeah. than Augusta, because you just I mean Tom Watson almost won one at what sixty something. So. <laughs> yeah. This oh, guy, really can do, I, I believe this guy can do it if he stays healthy. No doubt. Uh, Rory McIlroy, I was really disappointed with him. Uh, he had one of the most fun, exciting rounds I've ever seen. Uh, the Sunday before in his win at the RBC Canadian uh, Open, the fact that you can hit the ball that well, and then just he just wasn't the same a week later. It feels like to me we can officially say that Rory is pressing. He was five under going into the weekend. He was in great position. He did nothing Saturday. Uh, and once he lost ground Saturday, shot one over Sunday. I was a little surprised he wasn't out trying to just smash the driver off every tee. With, like, I felt like he was too far back to not get there without you know, really going low. And just disappointed because his ball striking this year, I think I said it on the preview podcast, 2009, and it was Tiger Woods, and he was really good still at that point, was the last time a guy was that far ahead on strokes gained on the field. I mean, he's averaging basically two strokes on the field every time he tees it up. That is really impressive. It's been a decade since it's been there. 
And he just he didn't get it done. I think he wants it too bad. We talked about DJ. You know, does he care? Does he really want this? I think with Rory, it's the opposite. <laughs> that I really do believe he wants it so bad, and I yeah. think he wants to get that title back. Like you know, this guy thinks he's got to think I'm just as good as all these other I guys. I, I won four majors and you know a three year stretch, and uh, I just think he's putting too much pressure on himself. I mean, we're at, we're we're literally watching T off right here, but you know. Roy is a guy that I feel like carries so much weight. And I don't know if that's in his head. I don't know if it's outside pressures. I don't know if it's the being called the chosen one after Tiger. I don't know if it's, you know, trying to get back to that peak that he was. It's just, it's gotten to the point where you question if he just is turning into somewhat of a head case in, in big golf tournaments. Now, he can fire a super low round at the Canadian Open. Woo! Like, yeah, I mean, it's just, it is what it is. It's it's the Canadian Open. But it was so special. Like, I will say, it was, the ball striking it was, was so cool. special, I thought that, like, okay, he's he might done be that so much. Something. Exactly. Like, but I, I mean, we thought that at the players. No, that's fair. I mean, we thought it of the nine straight top tens that he, or top fives that he had, before that, I mean, it's it's just to the point where Tita Green, he's just in such a category of his own, and it's just so frustrating because we could be seeing some epic battles right now between Rory versus the world. Right. If he just would figure out his his weekend scoring at big tournaments, I I can't explain it. I don't know what's in his head going into Saturday and Sunday. You know, for a while it was the Freaky Fridays. Back in the day. Right. Or I say back in the day, five years ago. Right. It was Freaky Fridays, and then he'd play super well and have to come from behind on the weekends. Now it's, you know, it's... A lot of backdoor top tens the last couple of years. Exactly. Where he's, like, basically barely making the cut, and then he shoots the best score on the weekend. And, right. You know, goes it, from and that's, and that's what it was. Now it's, now it's to the point where, other than last week when he had to fire that super low Sunday... Sundays, some Saturdays, but mostly Sundays, have been his his kryptonite. And even when he does do a top five, he normally had the lead going into it or was tied or close. Rory needs to have a good British Open. I will say that. If, home country. Home like, country. Pressure. Like, if, if you want to prove that it's not the pressure, you have to you have to defend and and play well in your in your home event. You came over here. You come over here the last five years and, and really put on a show ball striking and you haven't won and you haven't performed well at the British open other than the one win other than the win. I mean, 2011 or did he win? No, he won that one in four or 13 or 14. 14. It's the same. Yeah. He beat Fowler. That yeah, that's right. He I won one in, he, he won lucky. one in 11 and then he like hooked three that three wood on the back nine on that par five and it kicked dead right on the green and, <laughs> Somebody room for Fowler. It pissed me off. So yeah, bad. no doubt, no doubt. Let's talk about your boy, man. He had a tough weekend. <laughs> uh, he was one under going into the weekend and seven over for the weekend. His play was not great, but that's not why we're talking about him. It's his on-course behavior, which was interesting to say the least. On Friday on the eighth hole, he hits his tee shot into the ravine. That's not good. Then followed it up by taking a drop. Now I will say he flushed that iron. Like no you doubt. get like watching that replay over and over again. I'm the, like, that was the you Christmas shot exactly. we've seen. Like Michael, his caddy is going, dude. I've been watching you hit right. for how many years now? That's the best whatever <laughs> iron that was you right, ever like hit. So like, 
I'm team Michael there. Come on. And 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 just a, a bad look. He basically yeah. says that God. that's two perfect shots, and you got me in the water on one and one over the green. Come on, Michael. And bad for him, it was on camera. Right and, on camera. And Fox, I will say this, Fox picks up more than any other any other coverage team ever. Well, they, no, have, them, them they have them in the cups. They have them on the tee box. Now, they have them in places that others don't. And Dude, if we saw more of the guys that weren't in contention, can you imagine the oh, stuff we hear? I, I wish there was an unedited, just they would just release it to YouTube to see the guys that don't make the cut. And in fairness to Jordan, they're on a delay. Right. They could have cut that out, and or at least bleeped it out. They chose uh, not to. But they didn't. So it was what it was. He got killed in on media. social media. Yeah. Killed. And by the media. Uh, and then to make matters worse, oh, he also had an issue on Saturday where his ball had a rake. He came off like a whiny baby uh, in the video I saw over there. <laughs> oh, I, mean, a rake. I hate to say it, but it's like that's what he looked like. Oh, dude. And I'm about to sound off. I, I just <laughs> I don't know what to say. I, I've never been a big fan of Jordan Spieth, but one thing I've always said like in the beginning was he seemed really calm and level-headed and like he seemed mature for his age and all that. And it's like he's regressing. No doubt. And to me, it's like he's a spoiled baby. It's yeah. like... When he was winning and everything was good, he wanted to be, you know, Mr. happy. Pete. Exactly. We, you know, this and that. And yeah, it's like that now that, you know, he's going through this, like, we can talk about it. It's a year and a half slump for the most part. He is <laughs> two, two we're, years. We're going oh, on to the British Open. Exactly. That's his last win. And he just sounds like uh, an entitled brat. Like, right. that's what he sounds like to me. Okay. God bless. If I have to defend Jordan Spieth, I can't. I can't. I'm not going to defend you. I can't. You're making it too hard to defend Jordan. So here's the deal. For one, Michael Greller had no clue that Jordan Spieth was going to connect with the center of the club face. I didn't see the drive, and I don't think there's video of it. The iron, I'm telling you, go watch it and listen. Well, you to didn't the sound have to see the. Shot. You didn't have to see the drive. You could have watched it, the rest of the holes over the weekend and known that the dude was not finding the club face. Right. He looked like me in the match. It was bad. Okay, <laughs> not finding the club face. All of a sudden, you hit two good flush shots. Where Griller is giving you the club where he thinks you're probably going to miss it a right. little bit and, and be safe, right? You flush it, and then your first response is to blame your freaking caddy. Are you kidding me? Okay, you know what happens when I flush one and it ends up over the green? You're happy. I'm not happy. You no. should be. Well, I'm like, okay, I don't get down because I, I hit the wrong club, okay? I, as the golfer can go back in my bag. That is my golf bag. It's not Greller's golf bag. Greller doesn't control it. At any given time, he could have said, nah, this might be too much if I catch it good. Now, a good caddy would have been like, no, just just hit it. So I'm not putting it on Greller. You came up long. It is what it is. Now, the rake situation, Jordan, bad breaks happen. You have to learn to accept the bad breaks. The problem is you're not hitting it good enough to cover up the bad breaks. The rest of the guys, they get a bad break. They might pull a Sergio and get a little upset, hopefully not. Or you might just get the awful looks of disgust from Justin Rose. But they don't whine. The sound bites bad. Everyone, everyone plays the same golf tournament. Everyone plays the same conditions in the same golf course. It's like what Brooks Koepka, when he talks about you know people bad-mouthing the USGA and the golf courses, 
it's not like it gives an advantage to anyone. You know what I'm saying? Like everyone's got to play the same venue. Everybody's. It's your fault for not seeing the rake. If you, if you, first of all, how does it go 20 feet and only go two feet in the air? Okay, you're t- you're telling me that wasn't a thin shot, right? Where it probably would have hit the bank anyways, and you blame it on the freaking rake, dude. It's to the point where it's so bad. He either needs to hire the tin cup lady for mental help for the mental help golf game with the lady off tin cup, or he needs to split ways with whoever's on his team that is. I, it, and I think it might be him. That's the problem. Something is causing a divide between him and Greller, him and the team, whatever it is. This isn't the same happy-go-lucky Jordan Spieth that we saw with all the confidence coming out of Texas. He just He's not the same guy. He's jittery. He's always been a little jittery, but he's more jittery. He's lost. I think it's safe to say that we thought he was coming back around, but he is lost. In his golf game right now, in his head. And see, I forgot watching this 2018 Open on uh, golf. He should have. I forgot that he had this tournament and he played bad on Sunday. So uh, it's bad when you're both struggling on the golf course and getting beat up because of your, you know, actions. So he went from the most lovable guy on tour to one of the most wow. heated. On Let's tour. not get carried. I think that Spieth fans get a little carried away with the lovable. I know he was loved Dude, he was by on the cover of. Like golf digest with all the money and like, I, dude, he was he was very popular. He, in twenty fifteen, he was popular, but the lovable thing. Well, I'm just like, saying popularity wise, like he was like he was almost like Mister Young America when he came out. He to was me, all he was like, he was a lot like Tiger. That it, yeah, it, I mean, but I'm what my point is is to be truly lovable. Most people have to adore you. I feel like Tiger now is lovable. <laughs> Tiger, I'm telling you, Tiger in the beginning was lovable. Then when he started winning so much, it got to where basically everybody either loved him or they hated I'm you, him. I'm just telling you right now, it, at Grandma's house, you talk about golf, the first thing she says is, oh, I just love Jordan Speed. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the type of person that he was. Now he's turning into this whiny baby. He's always that, kind of been a whiny baby. That's part of why I didn't like him is the interactions with the caddies and the wee and just he's, <laughs> uh, get over it. Anyway, <laughs> right, uh, right, <laughs> USGA setup, I, I loved it. Yep. I think they are learning to do similar what the RNA does with the Open where they set it up to be really difficult but only if the weather gets tough. If there's a lot of wind... It's going to be, you know, brutal. But if not, there's going to be players that do really well. And I went back just because I wanted to see, you know, how many guys have been finishing under par. So 2018, zero players (laughs) finished under par. That was a brutal uh, U.S. Open at Shinnecock. You go to 2017, 33 players finished under par. Uh, 2016, there was four. 2015, there was eight. And this year, there was 31 guys under par. So whether it's becoming where they're going to what I'm talking about, where they're trying to set it up to where if you're playing at a high level, you you're going to be able to score if there's not you know windy, bad conditions – or even if they're doing where they're going to side, we're going to rotate it, where we have one that's going to be really difficult and one that's going to be not quite as difficult. I'm okay that with that as well. This is the best open I can remember since – well, the one with Spieth and Dustin was good, but this was the best Ooh. one I remember since. Chambers Bay? Yeah. I mean, I, I like the – I, like 
I like the atmosphere in the event, but as, Sunday was as great. far as course setup, that was kind of no. Know. But I'm talking about that was a great Sunday, like a tournament, yeah. like the play, yeah, for sure, and the competition for sure. But so it was the but Chambers Bay was actually one of the most controversial. Well, it was just because the greens. It. it was just because yeah. the, the greens and the and the, the players made it like worse. Well, yeah, but the great. the players made it Dang. worse. They were uh, there were several people under par that year. There's eight of them. So I get it. Uh, what what do you think about what the USGA did? Uh, you know, I loved it. It was like you said. It was. If the wind flared up, we were going to see some high scores. But it stayed pretty calm. No, it didn't. I mean, it... It was very calm. Yeah. I mean, they expected wind every day, and every day they, they got they got, a, they got a They got a good golf course. Now, I will say it played easier in the morning, as always, harder in the afternoon. Greens got a little bumpy in the afternoons. But overall, I think Pebble had a great showing for this year's Open. I mean, you can't... I can't find one complaint with the golf course. It's, I mean, it's it's not really public. I hate when people say no, six hundred dollars to play there. That's, like, not, that's not a public freaking golf course. It's public as anybody can call and make a tee time exactly. twenty four hours in advance. Well, but. no, actually that ain't true either. I had a buddy out there six months booked in advance. Think about the money that place is printing. Six hundred dollars. What would that be? Twenty four hundred dollars a foursome. Yeah, but you that's can still just for you the can golf. still walk. You can call twenty four hours and put your name on the list for a walk up. Yeah, that's, that's if somebody that's cancels. If though, yeah, I'm saying sure. six months to get a tee time. They're they're, they're making. Crazy, bro. They're making some cash. It's to me, it's behind Augusta. It's the second most iconic course in America, and quite frankly, yeah. probably outside of St Andrews, it's probably the third most iconic golf course in the world. Right. Uh, that's why it's really cool that Gary won here. I mean, you got Jack, Tiger, yep. you know Watson. The the history is just crazy. Uh, so good job by the USGA. It's better when we're not talking about you. And uh, fans are never happy. I mean, oh, I, you heard them bitch because it was too hard some years. And then, you know, this year when it's a little easier, I saw on Twitter and stuff, fans bitching that, oh, they're setting it up too easy. And it's just like, <laughs> I just want to see the best golfers in the world play good golf. Dude, I, I don't Rewarded for shoot. good shots and, you know, punished if they hit bad shots. Like, I'm okay with that. But they shouldn't get punished for shots that are good. Right. And there's been a lot of U.S. Opens in the My last thing is, five golf years is, where they have. Golf is hard, and if you see guys yeah, lighting it up. That's the understatement of, we need a bumper sticker. Yeah, golf is hard. I mean, the thing is, like, you see somebody lighting it up, no no Twitter warrior can go out there and shoot around under 90. Right. Too easy? Yeah, go play go play freaking Pebble with that rough and 10 mile an hour wins. I'll give you, I mean, it's just 10. Go play that length, which is not that long, actually, 7,100. But in that rough, and you tell me what you shoot, you don't even come within two double of your course handicap or your handicap that it's going to give you. You don't come close. Shut the hell up. I just played, you know, I, I got first time I played in an amateur event and quite some time I played in the Atlanta Open uh, earlier this month at Pine Tree. Great golf course. Uh, if you never played it, wonderful golf course. It was 7,000 yards with greens probably right. near their speed, 13, 13 and a half. And your boy shot two seventy nines and hit it great both days, right. 37 putts. And that golf course is nowhere near. I just – It's hard as pebble. And I'm a pretty good golfer. Like I'm not saying – you know, yeah, you're scratch. I'm not a pro or anything, but I you're can scratch. play. You're scratch. You the game. People don't appreciate, especially no. that don't – you know, if you haven't ever played golf where either at a high level or where you can score – at least decently you, well. And I'm talking it, about mid to low 70s. You just don't understand how hard it is to do it for one round, much less what these guys do on the hardest golf course in the If world. you've never played an event where you can't pick up a double bogey or exactly. double par, okay, 
you have no idea what it's like to tee up a ball and know you can't continue this golf round until that ball gets in the hole. It's a terrifying. Okay? I just had one of the worst. Game. I I just had one of the worst showings in that tournament that I played in last week. Fifteen to twenty mile an hour constant winds with gusts of thirty plus. Okay, hardest golf tournament in my life. The dude shoots sixty five to win it. I get beat by like nineteen shots, eighteen shots. I shot like eighty three or eighty four. I can't even remember. I think it was eighty four. Here's the deal. Tournament golf is a different beast. And the people that go off talking about what's well, set up too hard, it's set up too easy, it's a tournament. It's it was set the up hardest the set same. up golf course of the year. It's, Without a doubt. In America, it was the hardest set and, up golf and course. And they played the well. Good. They're exactly. that good. Like, oh, Especially when you water the greens, which that was their decision because they didn't want them to dry out in case there was wind and get crusty and bouncy and then everybody would bitch because they're yeah, Right, exactly. We and talked it, about this too long. They did the right thing. No doubt. Social media, shut Loved up. It. Like, Loved just it. enjoy it. It was a great tournament. Loved it. Uh, something I do not love. Loved it. And I text you about was, I've never seen so many fans yelling oh immediately God. after, especially tee shots. Uh, and the biggest, <laughs> I just, I don't even understand how this was possible because I don't know if you noticed, it seemed like to me there was nobody there. Mm-mm. Like the entire time outside of the first tee shot, like I'll give you around the first tee it was packed. They look like there was more people like on the beach and off on well, you know houses in the distance and stuff than on the golf course. Part I don't of understand that, that. Part of that is angles. A lot of the angles they're showing you, they're, the the crowds are behind them. They're looking out onto the scenic they parts. They were very loud though. But either. they they weren't. But it it they were just unruly. It, they just got to a point where it was obnoxious. I actually put my TV on mute at some points. One because Joe Buck is terrible. Joe He's Buck, bad. Joe Buck, and Fox, you did a Azinger's really good really job. really bad too. I yeah, like not. I like Curtis Strange. I yeah, think Curtis Strange is Curtis Strange is good. Fox has gotten better with every aspect, and like you said on the page, what did you say? Something about you were like. Then we realized the answer is Joe Buck. Exactly. It's because if seriously, if you look at it, <laughs> their video, like I love the stuff that they do. They have the yardages. And I don't know if people even notice this. They have dots. Yep. Which green means it's safe in that direction. Then they would have a yellow dot, which would mean a hazard, and the Uh-oh. red would mean out of bounds. Right. And it's like, that's helpful. The putt tracers, the putt tracers are cool. They they, they did some really cool stuff. They, they've gotten and better with the commercial it, breaks, all that stuff, and then it's, it's, it's And the then you give it to Joe Buck, and you're just like, I don't even think you could you could tee And the college football guy that was interviewing yeah. the guys, that was oh, a God. lame set. It just, it, dude, it, it was, was lame. So real quickly, before we get to winners and losers, <laughs> I'm going to give you well one other thing on this. What worries me about it was it seemed like there was a few times that they were affecting the players' swings. And I think these guys, are they're obviously intoxicated. They're trying to get it out right when that ball takes off. And I really do worry that one of these days, that's going to cost the guy a major. Because oh, dude, they're going to get I, him I, right in I, their down The swing. thing is, you count the first stroke, <coughs> excuse me, you count the first stroke just like you count the last stroke. I guarantee you that there was higher shots or higher scores posted, especially from some of the guys you didn't see. Right. Because of the crowd. It started – here's my issue with crowds. Golf has never been more popular other than Tiger Woods right when he came on the scene up until 2008. Okay, right now we're at peak 2010 popularity. With that comes bigger crowds. With bigger crowds comes more ass. Bigger crowds comes more assholes. And – you saw it at the PGA with everybody. They, they struggled at the PGA just to get people to move off the golf course so that shots could be hit. 
I mean, it was hard for them to be yeah, skeptical. Uh, I'm just saying fans in general are becoming No, no, no. Worse. I'm not disagreeing, but my point is is that is on the tournament because no we doubt. talked about this after the PGA. They don't have this problem at Augusta. They don't have this problem over – and it, it, the main thing is at Augusta. Try to yell anything right. at Augusta you're, that you're is right. not basically – and you're going to have somebody in two seconds come up, and the best-case scenario is they're going to tell you, you do that again, you're gone. And uh, chances are they're not even going to do they're that. Not, they're not, you know, police. So real quick, I'm going to tell you my favorite and least favorite of these, and then I want to hear yours. There was one that was really funny. On Sunday when Roy McIlroy hit his opening tee shot, and, I mean, the dude timed it perfect. It was right when he hit it. He should just hear the King of the North yeah. from Game of Thrones, which that was that was fantastic. Like, that made me chuckle. Uh, and the ones I hate are the ones that are so played out. Played out. If you're going to do this, do not <laughs> yell Baba Booyah and do not yell Mashed Potatoes. Oh, my God. Like, I don't even understand what either one of those freaking things mean. You sound like an idiot. Like, be creative. If you're going to do that, right. do like the King of the North. Do something nobody's heard that, you know, kind of relates to a player. Don't. Right. All right. Uh, so, mine, uh, I'm with you. I hate the mashed potatoes. God, if I have to hear that one more time, I might not. Do you understand? Where did that come from? What Dude, is that? I don't know. I'm good on this. Yeah, figure it out. I don't know. Here's my favorite, though. I don't remember whose tee shot it was, but it was the over the shot. <laughs> I'm actually a fan of Barstool. I love Barstool Sports. Yeah. I, I read their articles because they are hilarious. They're not PC. Anyways, the guy was like, Portnoy sucks. <laughs> and if you don't know Dave Portnoy, he's the president of Barstool. <laughs> and so then Bar- and then he gets on this live Twitter feed and is like, I don't know who the hell did that. That was completely uncalled for. You're a dick. <laughs> was just going off on him about the fact that, you know, that he yelled that. But that was by far my favorite. I just, I don't like it. And, and that might be the elitist part of golf that I think it should be played the way my grandfather played it. And it just, it's almost to the point where like you could match the crowds when they yell that stuff to the crowds at Happy Gilmore. Right. And that was a farce. Like right. that was like co- supposed to be comedy. But some of the stuff they're yelling, I'm like, holy shit, there's going to be Bigfoot with the, the golf ball in his foot in a minute. Like, I just don't understand. Did you figure it out? Yeah. So Where'd it come from? they say that. Andrew Wilmore was the first guy that it got attention. He yelled it at the Chevron World Championship on Tiger Woods after his 18th on the 18th hole's tee shot. He admitted he had actually heard it somewhere on YouTube before. He was not like the inventor of it or anything. He goes, "My friends thought it was stupid, but I thought it was hilarious. I wish I could take credit for starting it, but I will take credit for it becoming popular. It's a good one to yell because it's nice and quick, and it means absolutely nothing. So people <laughs> are literally yelling something that means the nothing. guy who started it, basically, at least you know, making it popular, oh uh, is saying it's it's pointless. That's so. my favorite part of the story. That's the most that that's the most weak. You know when it says you know. If you do this, you're probably a hacker. You're right. A weekend hack. Like, if you yell mashed potatoes at a golf event, chances are you can't break 90. Uh, also, chances are, dude, just... <laughs> Give up. You know, one less cocktail. Because if, if that's what that's the best you can think of, your brain ain't working very well. Uh, but let's finish this with winners and losers. We do this after every major. You want to go over your winners first? You want me to? Uh, you go for winners. All right. Well, obviously, we got Woodland. Duh. Uh, congrats on your first major. Seriously, it's probably the most impressive first major I have seen one ever. 
Uh, Phil Mickelson's first one was good. Ernie was there, but even that didn't have the names. This one did on the leaderboard. I mean, he outdueled Justin Rose and the baddest man on the planet right now, Brooks Kepka, and they both got out to fast starts. Really impressive. Kepka literally can't be said how great this guy is. I mean, we've talked about it, especially with the pressure. I was trying to tell people just that's a lot of pressure on a person. And it, he looked like he was just having a Sunday stroll. I mean, he really did. I went over his majors. It's, it's unreal. It's unreal what he's doing. Appreciate it. We don't know when this will happen again. Uh, Xander, got to give you credit. That was a great pick. Uh, you picked him to win. He ended up finishing fourth. Tied third, sorry. He, uh, I just got it right here. No, you're good. He is now tied sixth or better in his last four majors. Yep. He should be on your short list of guys for the next dude to break through and get his first major. Oh, and by the way, he finished second last year at the British Open. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I'm thinking a lot about Xander uh, for that, uh, our final major of the year on the preview podcast. Uh, my boy Victor Holland, my best pick from last week. I only gave one daily fantasy pick. This was it. He was going for $6,100 or $6,200 on DraftKings. Steal. Uh, he is unreal. Uh, just, I didn't know he had this kind of game. I saw him a little bit at the Masters. He's a lot more powerful than I thought he was. I didn't know he had that kind of like power and pop in his golf swing. Uh, I loved what you said about his wrist, how he cups it a lot like Dustin Johnson. That means he's going to hit the ball right for his miss, which when you're hitting it a mile and playing that cut, it's 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 a great combination. He's got a great short game, big future. He finished 39th at Augusta, 12th at the U.S. Open. <coughs> he's saying, I'm not even going to go play in the British Open. First tournament this week, the Travelers. Uh, I really like him. Top 20s, top 10s versus and I even like throwing 20 bucks down on him to win because you're going to get good odds. This kid is special. Uh, I would not be shocked if he is in contention uh, this week. And then finally, Tiger, Tiger Woods. Like, I know that he overall did not perform as well, but it really is a huge – in the sense that to see him grind the way he did Sunday, okay. the way he looked after those first six holes, and the lost. way he grind – Thursday to shoot that one under when I mean he couldn't even hit the green from like 120 yards. I think there was four times he had a wedge in his hand and missed the green. Uh, I just it's good to see him still fighting and uh, I hope it's warm, uh, you know, at the open because I think he's going to have a good chance at it no matter what because of what it takes to win at the open. But if it's going to be chilly, it just doesn't look like that's a good recipe for him anymore. Uh, who's your winners? All right, so winners, obviously, Woodland, for sure. We've, we've covered him enough. I mean, it's just unbelievable export, uh, performance. Kepka, of course, you can't say enough about him. Um, give myself a little bit of credit for the Xander pick. It's great now, pick. I will say he was a winner Monday, Tuesday, and – uh, I mean, Monday, Tuesday. And <laughs> I was like, what? He was a win- excuse me. A <laughs> long day. He was a winner Thursday, Friday, Saturday. <sighs> Sunday, he got off. He actually played one of his best rounds on Sunday, scoring-wise, but he got off to such a bad start. He took himself he out, out of contention. That was the only thing I didn't like. But yet again, though, you're looking at the leaderboard. He shot the lowest round of the day in the top ten. When he shot four under that day. So... 
Sunday, he you know he, he didn't get off to his best start. He needs to get off to cleaner starts on Sunday if we're going to see him really break through. But he's by far on my short list. He's a Cali boy. Love it. Love his game. All right, so you can't say enough about your boy Victor, but I'm going to go with my last surprise winner is John Rahm. Okay? No, he played really well. Tied third. He showed more grit and more composure on a very, very difficult golf course than we've seen from him in a long time. Okay, so we've seen we've we've watched him as long as we've watched Kepka now. Three years. He turned pro in I think twenty fifteen out of Arizona State. So we have a good sample size. And the sample size so far up until this tournament was he might be a psychopath. He's still it's he's like so I told young. you on the pre- he's, I think he's twenty four. He, like he's it's so like young. He's a baby dude. I get it, I get it. But he's been in the state he's been in the light or the limelight, he's been there, he's done it, and he's he's consistently shown that he his mental game was holding him back. He had a great week mentally. He had a great week game plan wise. He he played well and got a T thirty. He got a T three in a U.S. Open. So he's a winner in my book for this week. And the one thing I, I hammered Azinger. I do want to say I like what a great description of John Rom that he said when he is playing well he bullies golf courses. Yeah. And like that's a perfect description because that dude, God, he takes some rips. At some golf balls, and it's just and I, again the the one thing I want to say though, he's he is 24 years old, and the four majors he always has a or in the majors he has a third, three top fives, four top tens, five top 25s, and 13 majors. Right. So and he's made nine out of those 13. No, no doubt. This kid's a baby. I keep telling people if you're buying stock on the next big European star, you still think wrong? Oh yeah. Okay. I like it. I respect it. One more winner. Uh, last one that I forgot to mention. Adam Scott with another top ten. Okay. The dude is putting, is coming around. Yep. And the golf swing has always been there. It's always been mentally and on the greens. Can he get it done? It's to the point where it's almost tiring mentioning, it, mentioning him all the time, almost every week, because he's right out there with the best ball strikers in the world. He's got the prettiest golf swing in the world. And he's just an overall. He seems to be a good dude. He had a good week, so let's let's throw him in the winners list as well. It's starting to feel like that he's going to win a major here soon. Yeah, this I, is what he did before he won in 2011. He had like a two or three year stretch where he was just there, 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 teams. and then eventually he just is literally going to get to a venue that he's going to outball strike right. everybody by so much and make just enough putts. He's going to win. Uh, let's go with the losers real quick. Jordan Spieth. Yep. Didn't play well. Bad PR week. We went over it. I'm not going over again. Rory, again, not closing another major. He was right there with 27 holes left. Really disappointed. Phil and Tiger with their history there. I know I had them on both my <laughs> winner and loser, which it's my show. So kiss my ass. Uh, but, <laughs> I, it, I mean, it is. It, with their history there, I thought they, they would be better. in contention. They I thought they would better. truly been in contention. Tiger finished tied 21st. I don't know that took six up. birdies in the last 12 holes, and Phil finished tied 52nd. I, I don't know if. I, I I don't know if Phil ever contended a U.S. Opening. Oh, it, it, I told you going into this. I and I'm a sucker. I thought that this would be the last like good chance. Yeah, like literally, I would just say chance that he had it truly winning a U.S. Open. He didn't. And the last two two guys that were really disappointed: Justin Thomas missed a cut. He's too good to miss cuts at majors. He's rusty. He does not look good. Something's no. wrong with him. I don't know what's up with him. Speed. I think it's health. 
I hope not, because you know I, I've told people from the get go, it's awesome to watch his golf swing, especially oh, yeah. in slow motion. I worry about the torque and everything. That's what I'm saying. He's so small. He's swinging so hard. I mean, he's not much bigger than me. I just wish you would dial it back just a bit. You don't have to. You don't have to hit every ball three thirty. I don't five, know if he has that gear though. Nine. I really don't. I, I don't mean, know if he you, can slow, but that might be a key for well, no, more success. I, and you're right. I mean, but I think that I mean, if he does that, it's going to be an overhaul. I just think right now I mean, he's. We, we don't. We know Tiger so Woods. Hard. We know Tiger Woods is having success swinging slower. He's not swinging at one twenty six every time. He's swinging at one twenty two. 121. I'm just saying, you don't have to overpower everything when you can hit a 310-yard drive hitting at 75%. No, that's Sound off. My bad. Well, no, that's, <laughs> hey, that's what we're here for. And then Kevin, nah. Dude, you're in great form. I liked you. I talked about you had made the cut in five straight U.S. Opens. And this was, without question, in the last six years, the best setup for you. You had a great track record at Pebble. And you didn't come close to make the cut. I was really disappointed with you. And then one more bonus one. Screw you, Tommy Fleetwood. That was about exactly. I picked the first two majors. <laughs> and what a whiff. Like, I'm disappointed <laughs> in myself. I got freaking cute. And in my head, I was going to go with Kepka. Because it was just a smart pick. And then stupid David Duvall, who I did not realize, had also picked Tiger and Kepka. And the night that we shot it, he basically said that he was leaning towards picking Kepka. He did pick Kepka, which that would have been a much smarter pick. Screw you, Tommy Fleetwood. I am now with Bill Simmons and Joe House, who bet on you apparently at every major, and you disappoint. So I'm, you're dead to me. Like, I'll root for you, but I'm not picking you. I'm not, no more gambling. Golf, nothing. The golf you're Jesus done, is done, Tommy. Yeah, you're done. I don't care if people do say we look alike. Uh, who are your losers? All right, so I was going to actually start. I was going to throw you under the bus Thanks a little bit. Thanks a lot, this you is, jackass. All right, here's the thing, though. This is the first time that I've beat you. That's true. On a, on a pick. That's fair. And I've had a top 10 and a top 20. So, or excuse me, a top 5 and a top 20. So, I'm just saying. You smoked me. Yeah, on this one I did. I smoked you here. Xander, shout out to my boy. Tommy, you're a loser this week. You did not play well. And it's actually kind of funny. Still got to pick a winner, though, before you can gloat. I agree. Much. I agree. I agree. All right. You so, here's the deal. Who's uh, your losers? Losers, man. Phil Mickelson is a big loser of mine. He's a big old loser. Winner on social media. He's if you haven't Sandy. seen this. If you the haven't seen this story. Light. Yes. All right. So, that, he just came out with this thing. I had to throw this in there. He just came out this thing with uh, Fireside with Phil and he's what sitting and it looks like he's taking a shit. <laughs> he's got no pants it on. Does. He's got his Hall of Fame jacket on and he tells this story. I'm not even going to ruin the story for you. It is so Check funny. Check it out. For Check real. it out. So, but... With all that being said, he's becoming a goat of social media, but he is trending towards the senior tour in golf. What are you doing, Phil? That was a terrible You think I'm on a senior tour? I got it. I think he has a better chance to win on the oh, senior I tour. I don't think he will. And I, I don't hope think he, he'll go to I hope he does, at least just too. the majors, because there's about to be an unbelievable group of guys in the next five, ten years, oh, all yeah. turning 50. Oh. And if they just play in the majors, I'm not saying them to go on tour, but if they just play in the majors, it would really build up the buzz, similar to when Jack and Arnie and all those to, guys. It would be awesome. I love uh, watching it, but it gets, it, gets boring. It. it gets boring watching Bernhard Langer. Exactly. And, no, uh, I'm with you. Scott McCarron battle it out every week. That's boring to me. Okay, so here's the uh, other losers, man. You look at some of the guys that missed the cut, some of the big names that missed the cut. It just, it's frustrating. Um, JB Holmes, Matt Kuchar, you know, when's Kuch going to do it? 
Well, Cooch has been around for 20 years on Speeth, unfortunately, I think took his major. I think Speeth did take his major. I agree. In in 17. Making those three bombs on the back now. Yeah. Um, man, Phil missing the cut. Jason Day missing the cut. He was in good form. Justin Thomas, as you said, my boy Tony Finau, I mentioned in my in in my chances. I was shocked. That Tony, he... yeah, I mean, you just you go down the list, and there was a lot of guys. And then uh, Ernie else had the withdrawal. He's he's toast going the senior door too, buddy. But he's 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 hawking them clubs for Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, right, he is. He's still the big the big easy. All right, so overall. Fantastic week of golf. We we can go through a lot of losers, a lot of winners. Rory was a loser, but overall, great week of golf. Dominating performance by both performances by both Woodland and Kepka. And a great performance oh, by Rose. Oh my God, I forgot a loser for Sunday though. You're the number three player in the world, and you shoot seventy four on Sunday. I, I disagree. You don't, you don't think so? Well, the only I thought reason, he choked. Don't no, I don't think he choked. What I was saying, and that's why I had him as a winner. He was off. He was near the bottom of the field all okay, week true. in ball striking, and he grinded and got true, it up true. and down from it. And, and I knew last going group. into Sunday, he, he was going to have a hard time unless he had a great ball striking round, and he didn't. You know who was a winner this week with that Axis putter that he uses? Oh, that yeah. brand new putter with the the shaft going out into the putter mm-hmm. face. Check that thing out. I actually put it with a superstore the other day. Pretty nice. Overall, don't be cheap. Buy yourself a Scotty, for God's sake. Over, overall, great tournament. Looking forward to the British Open. Gonna mix it up, I think, a little bit for the British Open. Maybe yeah, we, we're thinking about do doing little, some uh, live feeds potentially, uh, probably on Club Junkies, probably on IBN. We're yeah. gonna try to coordinate that with RC. Uh, we do appreciate those of you that are listening. If you are listening. Tell your friends to listen. Yep. Uh, we're going to keep doing this. We're having a good time doing it. Thanks to IBN. Uh, and we'll be back, you know, soon. And in the meantime, I'm going to play in the member guest for my brother-in-law this weekend. Heck yeah. Uh, and listen to this real quick at the end. Sorry, but they got a 10-shot rule. This dude has where, been playing. Where is it? It's at Newton Country Club. Okay. He's been playing for... I think about two years, like seriously playing. He's like, a, I think, a 17 or 18 index. And he's going to have to play us a 9.9 because of what my index is right now. Yeah, and that's basically because of two really low scores that I had about two months ago. You're welcome. And it's like, what a joke. And then I'm not going to name the person, and I should. But there is a young man who is a member there who just was playing Division Two golf two years ago, and he's a 2.7. So the sandbagging going on at this thing is going to be outrageous. So we'll be sure to talk about that next oh, week. It's going to be fun with my brother-in-law. I, uh, I, he's never played in something like this. He's really excited. I'm excited to play with him. I'm, I'm happy he invited me. And uh, we'll be back soon. Scott, you, you, you're you just going to be uh, wrangling kids, right? Man, junior camp this week, baby. I love it. I love it. But, yeah, man, it's been a blast. Shout out to IBN. Um, get, thanks for giving us a host home to to come out here and just talk what we love, and that's talk golf, talk the PGA Tour. It's been a blast. Great at U.S. Open week. And, uh, yeah. All right, guys. We'll see you.